Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at calvarychapellubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. So we started off with Ezekiel 38. If you remember last week, um, it's really the same teaching that I've taught over the years, only we're just kind of adding um, prophetically what could be happening with the world, with the war in Israel, okay? And what we have to remind ourselves is Hamas is not a government. It's a terrorist group that has infiltrated Gaza. And so we know that they're at war. Now, there's a couple of things that are concerning to us as U.S. citizens and based on what we see in the world news. Number one, we need to remember of where we get our news, okay? You can't just take whatever they have coming and just take it at face value. You guys remember um, a rocket fell and into a hospital and killed a bunch of people, hundreds and hundreds, and immediately um, the American news sources were saying that was an Israel rocket, and they did that when all when when, it, when the dust settled, if you will, no pun intended. It was it was a Hamas rocket that actually did that, and so we have to be real careful about where we get our news and what's going on. Okay, we talked about what's going to happen. We talked about a few things. If you remember, um, Ezekiel gets a vision, and part of his vision actually goes back to Ezekiel 37, where he said, hey, um, I'm going to bring Israelis back into the land. And remember what we said. We said that that started out uh, very interesting because it started out with Prior to 1948, there were 650,000 people living in Jerusalem. And right after that, within two and a half years, another 600,000 had come just automatically. And and you go, well, that how does that happen? Well, it was prophetically, um, God was telling them, Israel's going to rise up um, like like in the Valley of Dry Bones. And so we saw that now, and, and up to date, there are 7 million Jews living in... Um, Jerusalem right now, 7 million, um, and total of 9 million, all of Israel. So all the people, so throughout the years, people have just had this unbelievable heart to go back to Israel. And I found it interesting because I think Nathalie and I had a discussion when I got home, and she said, you know, I'm not Jewish, but when I, I feel like I'm home when I go to Israel, I, I have this overwhelming feeling, and I don't want to leave. And I said, well, that's because, remember, you've been grafted into the vine. You're, you're part of all of that now, and that's, that's your homeland, in a sense. And so, and that's how you feel. And so she's like, okay, that, I, I understand that, but, but if you are of somehow uh, Jewish descent, you're heading back to Israel, and that was prophesied. In 1948, guys, we talked about, well, let's go back, remember, the Lord Jesus told us in Matthew, he said, um, there's going to be birth pangs. And we talked about the first birth pangs. It was World War One and World War Two. How do you know that? Because when Jesus said, you will hear wars and rumors of war, remember, it was a Jewish idiom when it was a worldwide conflict. And so most people, a lot of people believe that World War Two it was really a continuation of World War One. So really within the 1900s, if you will, we've had one birth pang and that was, it was a world war. World War One and World War Two, and you want to keep that in mind because I'm going to talk about Hezbollah tonight a little bit, and it, and and how they got involved after World War 
1 and 2 and how, how all of that uh, changed. But Jesus said there was this, this birth pain. And uh, in Matthew twenty four ten, I don't have the scripture up there, but just listen. It says, Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Okay, that's that Jewish idiom. Now, I believe the word of God is so deep that he could, he could give us a Jewish idiom, and it, only, it doesn't only mean that. It could mean wars and rumors of wars. It could mean local wars. It could mean you hear about wars, you hear about... And right now, we could honestly stand on the truth that, that what? That we are hearing wars and rumors of wars. We're hearing rumors of World War III, that, that it's going to... This is going to escalate. And, um, and, and I don't know if it's just been too much for you all uh, to read the newspaper every single day and kind of, or not the newspaper anymore. I mean, it's the, it's the internet, but the different ones. And I went to Jerusalem Post today and I just saw, picked out a few articles and it was just, it was just quite, I mean, just, just amazing about what's happening. But, but we want to look at this prophetically and the fact that my job, and I remember sitting there two, uh, two weeks ago, I was like, I need to warn the people. I need to tell the people exactly what's going to happen and where it's going to happen. Okay. And so Jesus said, hey, you're going to hear wars and rumors of wars. He says, see that you're not troubled, for these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilence, earthquake in various places. And all these are the beginning of sorrows. All these are the beginning of birth pangs. Well, World War One and World War Two was birth pang number one. Uh, birth pang number two um, was basically... Um, the 1948, where Israel then in one day became a nation, it got reestablished, and it was the only nation to ever do that. One day, it, it had been desolate, it had been wiped out, and now in 1948, here they are, a nation again. Now, you need to remember, okay? I want you to understand, and you've got to, this has got to be drilled in. The war right now in Israel is not, is not, is not, um, Israel against the Palestinians. It's not that war. They're not. As a matter of fact, they have been overly gracious. This is a violent, evil, demonic terrorist group that they're in their creed, in their motto, their only goal is to see Israel wiped off the face of the map. That's their only goal. If they're not fighting for Palestinians. You understand that. They have put Palestinian people, and listen, these are God's people too. Okay, it, it's like there we we need to remember that they were not like well I don't, you know listen they they are still people in the image of God in the Imago Day and we need to pray for them but these evil people will put babies and they'll put elderly in front before shooting to protect themselves they have no um, regard for human life whatsoever it doesn't mean anything to them. And I want you to think about this. I want you to think about most news reports say that the Hamas, through, through this whole conflict, were actually raping women and, and, and young women on dead body, on corpses. And then I heard one outlet, take it, take it for what it's worth, that they actually were actually raping even dead corpses. And I thought, that's, you know, that's beyond. That's beyond. So in 1948, Israel becomes a nation. The third birth pang um, was basically the Jewish control. In 1967, uh, we saw this is called the Six-Day War, the Six-Day War. Now, 
while the six-day war in itself was never predicted in scriptures, okay, it was actually accomplished, and, and what it brought was the fulfillment of prophecy regarding the Jewish control of the old city, Jerusalem. Now, you've got to remember, even recently, Israel had has gotten um, control over the Temple Mount, but continue to allow the Muslims to run it. So it's like, okay, we don't want to, we, we, listen, you've been doing it, that's fine, and they'll go up, and so so Israel has has a lot of control, but they they do have peace in mind. Well, the fourth birth pang is one that's futuristic. That's what we looked at last week. It's the what we call the Ezekiel thirty-eight and thirty-nine war. This is a war that hasn't happened. Now, the reason I tell you this, church, listen to me, because I got uh, I, we got to be careful with who we listen to prophetically. Okay, and I say that on YouTube, and I say that with all the little snippets, because I saw one pastor that came out, and he was preaching to the church, and he literally said that Gog was Russia and Magog was Iran. Okay, and he and he says that you got to catch this stuff. Now, probably most people don't know much about Ezekiel, so they went okay, and they and, and when it clearly tells us. In um, verses 1, if you remember, it says, And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, set your face against Gog in the land of Magog. Okay, the land of Magog is not a country. Okay, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal prophesy. Okay, so, so he's saying this is who they are. But he also is going to mention, well, who is he mentioning? He mentions Persia. Persia is modern-day Iran. Okay, Persia. And it's also encompassing some eastern of Iraq. Then it talks about Ethiopia and Cush, and that's Africa. So kind of keep that in mind. I looked at something today prophetically that said, okay, what's, what's going on with northern Africa? I didn't really get a chance to, to get into that. Then you have Gomer, the Slovak countries, including Germany, Poland, and the Czech Republic. Then you have Togarma, the area of Turkey, Armenia, and Azubrabajan. A-Z-E-R-B-I-A-J-A-N. You want to keep them in mind. Write that down. So, you want to just be careful. We mentioned last week, too, and this is, I think it's important for us as believers to really understand what, what the artificial intelligence does as far as that goes, because they can also fake news. They can also fake things and bring us to a point, guys, where where again we're we're just watching and 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 here's here, here's the problem the problem is and it's all of us we have been conditioned over the years ever since we were little that whatever is on TV is truth and so what you hear is truth and so it's been conditioned over and over and so i think that was one of satan's tactics is that okay now and then let's just let's just supplement television now with with what's on the internet and so what we think is oh well that's truth and that's truth and, and so you say, well, what do you mean? What, what, what do you mean exactly? Well, Harvard and Cambridge and all of these other high-profile colleges, they have several, several in the college protesting the war, these, these kids, and they, and they want to cease fire. They want the United States to... to and, but they think the war is, is Israel versus Palestinians, and it's not. They don't understand the terrorist group of Hamas. And so on Fox News, um, they had this segment when they interviewed a, a college kid, one who graduated, I think, from Harvard, or uh, I'm pretty much from Harvard, and, and he was basically saying a lot of the kids today, 
they they just don't have a whole lot of knowledge. They're just soaking in whatever's coming through the internet and those kinds of channels. And so they're out there they're out there protesting because it's like, hey, let's go do this, let's go do this. And so we have to be careful because we can't just accept all of that again, because why? What did Jesus tell us? He says, Don't be deceived, don't be deceived. Okay, so go through and go, okay, what's really going on? I need to research for myself. As a matter of fact, don't even take my word for it tonight. Do your own research. Look at it and go, okay, we want to see what Pastor Ben said is true. So, what's happening? It's a prophetic war that's about to happen. It's called the Ezekiel. It's a coalition from the north. Russia, Iran, Turkey, and all this coalition that's going to come down. Okay, it's going to come down and it's going to be pulled into a war. And last week we spent several amount of, of time talking about what would Israel have or what would they want that would cause Russia to, mm, I think I should, well, let know. Because initially Russia is going to go, we're not involved. We're not involved. We don't even want to do this. But something, the Lord says, pulls them, this hook is going to pull them into this war. Now, here's what you need to know. This right now that you see is not the Ezekiel 38 war. Why? Because we're going to learn tonight that the Ezekiel 38 war, the Lord's going to say when Israel's at peace, when they're living with unwelled villages, when they feel like it's peace and safety. That's not happening right now. That's not happening. As a matter of fact, I sent an email to our tour guide, um, and uh, I, I sent an email. Now they said, well, how's... How's uh, Hila doing? I said, I don't know. You know what? Let me send her an email because she lives there and right there, um, um, little, a few miles away from, from, from Jerusalem. And so she sent me back. She said, Shalom, Pastor Ben and Nathalie. You know, we're doing okay. It's very, it's very distressing here. And then she, she directed me to, she has a WhatsApp that she just updates on what's going on over there. And so, and so a lot of that is like, okay, they're not at peace. They're not at peace right now. They're, so so this is not... And plus, Russia and Iran... Oh, wait a minute. Did you say Iran? Well, right now, there's not a coalition that's being, that's being formed that we know of that's going to come and attack Israel. Now, keep this in mind. Keep doing this with my hand because it's going to come from the north. Okay? It's going to come from the north. Now, in your mind, who's, who's in the north? See, Hamas is in the south on the southern part, okay, on the Gaza Strip. Who's on the north? You go, well, Lebanon's on the north. Well, there's another terrorist group called the Hezbollah that is now shooting rockets into Israel from there. And we'll talk about them in just a minute. So, what does Israel have, or what would it... Now, there's a lot of things that are circulating. One of them could be natural gas. None of them... One of them could be Israel is just... I mean, in, in 2015, I thought it's natural gas. They found some giant, I mean, underwater, this beautiful, uh, there in the Mediterranean Sea. And I thought, oh man, it's got to be that. They're going to harvest that. And then, and then Israel, this little tiny nation is going to be so, so, and they're going to be exporting to all of us and gas prices are going to be amazing. And so I thought it was that. And it's like, okay, it could still be that. Number two, it could be, it could be food. It could be food. You know, if you remember the left behind, uh, movie with Kirk Cameron. It was about food. It was about it was about crop, uh, basically distribution and how they grew. But but when we went to Israel, they were actually growing food in the desert. There they were doing things that that we couldn't do. Like they had watermelons in the middle of the desert, and they said, "Man, we're growing food," and, and it was amazing. So it could be food. It could be. And then last week, if you recall, there's a trade route. 
a brand new trade route that was going to that was going to reform the whole Middle East. And we talked all about that. And of course, I don't have time to get into that, but I, but you can go back and listen to last week's because it it it, it talks about um, Netanyahu said in his words, "This is going to create a new Middle East," and he's going to talk about this trade route now. It's all part of this, and thought, okay, what if, what if Israel or what if what if Russia goes? Man, you're going to create this new trade route. We have our own trade route. How about this? How about we jump in and uh, pull the spoils from whatever trade is going through there? Now, what could they trade? Goods? They can export, import. They can. There's all kinds of stuff they can go through the trade route. And so we talked about that. And then we said, um, he said, okay. So some of the allies of Gog's allies, okay, are going to feel stuck in this war. They don't want to be in it, but they don't have a choice. And and of course, you guys know all of the ones that are that are kind of hanging on to whatever Russia says, and and so that's what um, we took, um, and so we kind of talked about the plunder, to take plunder, to take booty, stretch out your hand against the the waste places, against the inhabited, against those who gathered. We talked about that. We finished up last week and um, really just talked about how close it is to this war. Now, here's what I want you to remember. Okay, this is the purpose of why we're here. The rapture of the church, the caught up, the harpazo, the rapture, can happen at any time. We believe in what we call the imminent return of Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, before tonight, the Lord Jesus could come back for his church. Okay? And so the reason I'm going through this update, this prophecy update, is just so that our hearts are ready. And prophecy does a couple of things. It stirs our heart not to be afraid. Not to be afraid, not to go, oh man, world is coming to an end, I don't know what to do. But prophecy is so that it stirs our hearts so that we can bring glory to God. Okay? And so we know, again, that's where, that's where we left off. We know Jesus is coming soon. The Ezekiel 38 and 39 war. The rapture can happen before that, or the rapture can happen after that. I don't know. I don't know. All I can do is watch the news, see how it escalates in this war, day 19, and kind of see what's happening. Now, here's, what, um, here's what's going on in your world. Right now, um, for humanitarian aid, they're wanting to call a ceasefire. Well, Benjamin Netanyahu says, no, we're ready for ground attack. You know, they, the people in Gaza need to get out. Okay, there are two million people in Gaza and it's one of the poorest, poorest places you can live. Eighty percent of people in Gaza are poverty. They're, they don't they don't even have clean running water. And he's saying they need to get out because when they start this ground war, it's going to be it's going to be massive. Israel's intent is to wipe out the terrorist group called Hamas. They're not going to go and just you know pummel a little few buildings and you know kick some few stones and be like I'm done. They're coming in full force, and they want to wipe out that, the Hamas group. Okay, they, We have heard Benjamin Nahu when we were there in Israel several years ago to now. We heard, guys, that here's the deal. Here's the deal. They're not, if they're ever backed into a corner, they're not going to ever give up. They're going to come out fighting, and they're not going to ever be where they were. So... That's where we left off, and we're going to pick that up here in verse 9. Okay, so Russia and Iran, with this coalition, okay, are going to invade Israel. 
hasn't happened yet, is this a precursor to that happening? Is this a precursor? Well, here's what you need to know. Okay? Current events that just happened this week. Hezbollah is North Israel, if you will, and Lebanon. Now, Lebanon, if you will, is an interesting country. We must remember that Lebanon was under the jurisdiction of the French mandate after World War I. Okay, so your minds are going back to what Jesus said. And actually, under French influence, this country developed quite well. And it became sort of a, the jewel of the Levant. And Levant is a region in this part of the world. However, something happened. After World War II, basically, France lost significance over Lebanon. So between World War I and World War II, Lebanon was great. They were actually flourishing. It was going great. And then France lost um, it, it, it last after World War II, and, and, and then all of a sudden Lebanon began to deteriorate. Um, and uh, there after World War II, instead of individual countries like England and France, this territory was governed a little bit different. Here in Lebanon, it was governed, if you will, by something called the League of Nations. And then the United Nations, of course, this didn't quite well as planned. And as soon as individual territories were fighting for its independence, and then they eventually got it. Eventually, both Israel and Lebanon fought for their independence and received it in 1948, when Israel received its invitation, I mean, its independence. And what happened at that point in 1948 is... Lebanon decided to join the coalition of Arab nations. Lebanon has been used by Iran, who has used an organization called Hezbollah to control the southern part of Lebanon, and it's terrorizing the north of Israel for a long, long time. So today, when Israel is attacked from the south of Lebanon, it's not actually Lebanon who's firing those rockets. Guess who it is? It's Hezbollah, which is controlled by Iran, okay? So Israel right now is very well aware that it's not fighting against Hamas or, or it's, not just, it's not fighting a war against just Hamas or Hezbollah, but it's actually fighting an organization and it's the big country of Iran. So, I want to give you a what if. You've got a terrorist group, okay, who we've somewhat funded in Hamas. You guys know that. Okay, using weapons of mass destruction to, to fight against Israel. Now, here's what you need to know. I said that last week, I'll say it again today. It's not only Israel they're going after. They say Saturday first, then Sunday. You go, what does that mean? It's first the, the Jewish people than the Christians. Okay? Now, ever since our current administration has taken office, we've had tens of thousands of people coming through our borders that we can't account for, guys. All over. Middle Eastern setup. We, we need to be, I think wisdom would dictate that we need to be prepared for uprisings even regionally from, from these terrorist groups. Because if they're going after, now, now here's the thing, 
if you and I are so concerned, okay, so we're, we're putting all our eggs in one basket, we're going we're gonna, to, quote-unquote, stand with Israel. I don't know how far that, how deep that goes. But if we're going to stand with Israel, I mean, I don't want to be sitting in a vulnerable position here in the United States. And so wisdom would dictate, okay, we need to, we need to, be, we need to be wise about this, and we need, to, we need to kind of see what's going on. So, what if... What if this war with Iran escalates? Okay? Cuz remember, they're not fight, they're fighting Hamas, they're fighting Hezbollah. What if Iran is controlling this here in northern in 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 northern Israel, southern Lebanon and all of a sudden it's Israel knows this. They know. It's like it's I we're not fighting you. We're we're there's a bigger organization. Now think about this. How would you feel if your neighbor Okay, your neighbor next to you, you knew that they were always trying to to destroy you, to kill you, to set your house on fire. Every time you turned around, there was always something. I mean, it's it's kind of like okay, okay, um, but you realize that it wasn't really your neighbor, but it was somebody very, very big. It was it was the. I mean, I mean, I'm just thinking about this now. I started to think about, okay, so Israel goes, no, 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 we know we're not fighting Hezbollah, we're fighting Iran. They're just using Hezbollah as this terrorist group, so, so now we're backing up, we're getting, we're getting in our circles here, we're, we're trying to figure out what we need to do, what's our next move, but we realize that we're fighting Iran. Iran is mentioned in the Bible, remember Persia, here in Ezekiel 38. So all of a sudden, they're gonna start going, okay, so what if, what if we start this, this, Israel says, that's it. You know, we're going to take out the main dudes. And all of a sudden, they're, we're, you're going to hear in the news, and I'm not a prophet, I'm not saying, I'm, these are what ifs, okay? All of a sudden, you hear that, that now Israel is bombing Iran. And you go, okay. Well, what's going to happen is that Russia and Iran are buddy buds. And Russia might feel compelled to what? To call up this coalition to then attack Israel. Why do I say that? Okay, this is just a thought. This is just a thought. But, but what if that happens? And you go, what do you mean? Okay, so remember that when the table of, of, um, of countries in, in Genesis 10, he talks about this, they don't necessarily mean governments, but they, they could mean these people groups from this particular region. So this is just a what if. Okay, stay with me. So so Israel says that's it. That's it. We're not we're not going down like this. We're tired of back and forth. We're going after the main the main source. Okay? And they and they wipe out some key areas in Iran, but you you have and I'm pretty sure it's it is the government. It's the Iranian government will say, "Oh, okay, you want to go to war? Let's go to war." Okay, but what if we wipe out enough to where you have a, the people group of Iran going, okay, we're not strong enough together, but we're going to join a coalition with Russia and all these other countries to come in because that's just not right. And you go, wow, what's the point, Pastor? This could be, for you and I, just the very tip of, of the Ezekiel 38 and 39 war very quickly. In other words, by Christmas, you and I could be going, wow, I didn't realize we're in World War III, if you will. Okay, what's the difference? Well, let's look, okay? 
Picking it up in verse 9, Ezekiel 38, verse 9, says, God is talking to this coalition. He says, you will ascend, coming like a storm, covering the land like a cloud, you and all your troops and many peoples with you. And thus says the Lord God, on that day it shall come to pass that thoughts will arise in your mind and you will make an evil plan. So he's going, okay, what's going to happen? Israel's going to be doing what it does. Okay, now there's going to be a big difference, but but he says all of a sudden this coalition is going to come over like a storm, like this cloud. All the troops are going to come from the north. And he says, and you have a plan. You go, Ben, what's that plan? Look at verse 11. You say... I will go up against a land of unwalled villages. And I will go to a peaceful people who will dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates. If you have a pencil handy, the term unwalled security, it literally means sitting in confidence. Sitting in confidence. But if you look at it deeply, it could also be translated sort of careless and complacent. Now, I don't think at this point Israel is either careless or complacent. Now, let me. I'm, I'm I'm full of what ifs. What if Israel does take out Hamas, does take out Hezbollah, has has some major impact in Iran? At that point, they might be sitting, going, "Take a look at me now." And and it, there might be a, there might be a time. There might be a time. Now, here's why I think this could be a future war. Maybe not, maybe not months, but, but it could be future. You go, why? Uh, because people are still getting saved. People are still getting saved. And, and, and before the Lord comes, he wants to make sure that everyone is saved. And he's so patient. And I think about this, and I think about our lives, and you go, man, I got saved, and whatever day you got saved, can you imagine if the Lord had decided to come back two days before you got saved? And you're like, man, I think about that. but, And so just this week here at Calvary Chapel, and I know we're small, but we had a young lady pray to receive the Lord. First time she's ever did it. Said, I grew up Catholic. This is the first time I've ever felt this presence of God, and, and I'm saved, and I'm born again. And that alone would prompt the Lord to go, okay, there's a lot of those girls out there. There's a lot of family. We still have family members that we're praying to be saved. Here, here's the thing. Um, we got to be careful with prophecy and news because a lot of our loved ones will look at it and go, oh, tell me about, I'm curious, how does this fit in Revelation? How does this fit in so forth and so forth? And then if there is peace and then there's a, there's a lull in what's going on in the world, then they just kind of go back to their old lives without a real change. And so, and so although this is a great a catalyst for us to explain the gospel, the gospel is the change that we all need internally, not just because, in other words, we, um, we love, we, we're going to go to heaven because we love God, not because we're, we're afraid of hell. And there's a lot of people who go, I, I just, I'm afraid of hell, so what do I need to do? And, then, and, and so that's always, that was kind of my testimony early on at 17. I was basically, you know, I mean, I was basically scared of hell. You know, I saw 
saw this movie, and, and I mean, it was the rich man and Lazarus in hell, and it just, I don't want to go there. Who wants to go there? I don't want to go. What do I need to do? What do I need to do? And so we'll pray this prayer. Well, I prayed the prayer, but, but it took me on a different route because, because that's not God. God goes, listen, I want you, uh, I want to save you, but not because you're simply scared of hell. I want to save you because I want you to love me, and I want you to walk with me, and I want you to have a relationship with me. And, and so, again, Israel, okay, they may be sitting in confidence. I don't know. It could be that Israel is just confident in their weapons or their army. They're just like, man, I don't know. I don't know. You guys know that Iran is capable of nuclear war right now. Okay, so we wipe them out. I mean, that could bring some... That's like punching the, the bully, you know? That's like... Okay, boom, knock down the bully. You, all everybody's like, whoa, you knocked down the bully. But, but still, it, it could bring confidence. Or, um, just for the sake of argument, unwalled security could also mean, guys, it could mean that they were focused on other things. In other words, um, maybe the war in, in there is going to be drawn out. They're both, both Hamas and Hezbollah, just, just drawn out. And so they're just like... Um, but right now, today, Israel is not a land of unwalled villages or a peaceful people. Let's go on. Verse, thir- verse 12 of, of chapter 38. Sheba, Dedan, and the merchants of Tarshish, and all their, long, all their young lions will say to you, Have you come to take plunder? Have you gathered your army to take booty or carry away silver and gold? To take away any livestock and goods? To take away great plunder? Who are these people? Who are these people? If you have a pencil handy, guys... Uh, Sheba and Dedan is the area of Saudi Arabia. Okay, mark that. Okay, so they're not a key player. They're not a key player. And uh, of course, if you remember, they're the only ally to Israel, but only enough to ask, not help. Okay? They have been in a cold war against Iran. You have the Shiite Muslims and you have the Sunni Muslims. So, so it's just, it's just unbelievable. But I find something very interesting in light of our current events. Do you realize that on September 22nd, 2023, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu announced that Israel is at the cusp of what he would call a dramatic breakthrough. And it was a historic peace deal between his country and Saudi Arabia. There was this amazing peace deal. Now, it wasn't, it, it wasn't the, the peace treaty that we learned in Daniel, but it was like, hey, we, we, we need an ally. And what he proposed was peace between Israel and Saudi Arabia, part of the whole trade agreement and the trade route and all that stuff we talked about last week. And he said, um, this is going to create a new Middle East. The prime minister continued noting that as the circle of peace expands, the real path towards genuine peace with the Palestinians can be achieved. So just last month, a few, about a month ago, he's going, okay, we're in good shape. We're going we're gonna to have this peace treaty with Saudi Arabia. This is going to be great. And this is going to be, this is just going to be the beginning so that there's just unbelievable peace in the Middle East. Why do I say that? I say that because you'll hear people say, um, well, there's always been rockets in the middle. There's always, Hamas has always shot rockets in the Middle East. This has been going on forever. As a matter of fact, there was an American who made it back. This is a young girl. 
Um, she flew to Israel. She attended a cousin's wedding. And then that night, three of her friends, they went to that dance party, rave party all night long. Okay? And what happened was, okay, she was with some Israeli friends. All of them, all of them were all part of the IDF. You know that. They have to serve. So she, in her words, and I, I was going to play the clip, but um, she said, okay, so, so here's what happened. Um, we, were, we were having a good time. Um, finally, about 3 o'clock, I decided I'm, we're going to sleep because they camped out there, sort of like a Woodstock, I would assume. They camped out there, and then what happened was uh, her friend woke her up at 6.30 thinking, I'm going to see this beautiful sunrise. And she, her friends woke her up and said, I don't want to alarm you. But there's been some rockets that are, have been shot right over us. And so the interview said, hey, so uh, what, uh, did that freak you out? And she goes, well, no, because it seemed like to them, they're in Israel, that happens all the time. And it was like, don't be alarmed. But nonetheless, as the morning progressed a little bit more, she saw, I sort of saw, the fear in some of my IDF friends also because it wasn't a normal rockets. You guys know the story. You know what happened on that Saturday. And so she, she basically got in a car. They were, they were telling her to evacuate and, um, her friends encouraged her to jump in a ditch and wait. She didn't, now, and here's the interesting part. And here's how you know there's God. Um, here's this American going, my friends don't seem to be alarmed. Um, we have to evacuate. There's a bunch of cars. She goes, can I go to the bathroom? And, and they're like, I don't want to, you know, they didn't know how serious it was. So she goes to the restroom, and then later on in the news, she saw within minutes of leaving the restroom, the Hamas terrorists came in and just shot those restrooms. She was literally minutes away from, because she had to go to the restroom. And then her friends were like, well, let's hide in a ditch until this whole thing's over. It should be over pretty quickly. And her friend's like, no, we're just going to stay in the car. And they said, why would he stay in the car? He goes, because if something happens in the rockets or somebody comes in, there's nowhere to run in the ditch. And she said a lot of, of Israelis were caught in the ditch and got killed. This is her testimony. And so, and so it's just there needs to be peace. And so back to our text, um, Benjamin said, hey, there's, there's this... Um, there's going to be this, there's going to be great peace. There's going to be great peace over. And it's going to be genuine peace with the Palestinians. This can be finally achieved. However, there's a caveat. Palestinian leader Mahoub Abbas said, quote, must stop spreading horrible anti-Semitic conspiracy against the Jewish people that the Palestinian Authority must stop supporting and glorifying terrorists. Now, here's food for thought. You ready? Benjamin Netanyahu on October, on September 22nd, 2023 said, we've got this peace deal. On October 7th, when they were about to sign it, that's when Hamas attacked. And it's just like, wow. It was U.S. Secretary Anthony Blinken who told CBS News, Face the Nation. However, he suggested that Hamas and Iran which has admitted to giving Palestinians material support, were against any type of peace offering. 
So they were like, nope, nope. Today, Saudi Arabia, guys, there, there's no peace agreement now. So they're going to be ones that kind of go, oh, man, I, we were friends, but I don't. And so the Bible says, guys, that they're going to, um, they're going to sort of encourage, but from afar. They're the only ones that are going to ask this coalition, what's going on? He says Tarshish, guys. Tarshish could be, if you're taking note, it could be Britain. It says with the young lions, some scholars believe the U.S. is the young lion. Um, protesting, but not helping Israel. We know that in the last days, Israel will not have a friend. Right now, we seem to be standing with Israel, but the day is coming when we won't be able to. We won't be able to. I want you to keep this in mind. You guys know this. The United States is not mentioned specifically in Scripture in the last days. There's nothing going happening. Okay? We're, we're not a super powerhouse anymore to help Israel. Something happens to the U.S. that we're not, we're not able to help. You go, what could it be? Well, let's just talk about this. We could be in big financial trouble. We already are. We already are. Okay? You know, when, when inflation hits you and it goes up a few cents, you, you deal with it. When it goes up 10, you know, if, if you buy something that normally costs you a dollar, uh, you know, a little package of weenies and now it costs you a dollar 17, okay, I can live with that. But everything is, is now skyrocketing across the board. I went today and, and I'm just, I'm just appalled. I went today to buy, um, paper towels for, for our bathrooms here at church. And a box of paper towels used to cost $73.29. And I'd write the check out. And today, it now costs $97.93. Same paper towels. Same ones we use over and over. And the inflation has jumped that much. So now we are, as a church and as individuals, we're starting to feel the pinch. What if we're in big financial trouble? What if we are not a super powerhouse because we are um, concerned with health-related issues? Health-related issues. We're not allies of Israel anymore, and I'll tell you why. Because you remember last week, Hamas says, and this is from Jack Hibbs, and I quote, they want to win. Well, I can't remember who. I've listened to so many. So it's it's either uh, Joel Rosenberg or Steve. um, He's a a tour guide there in Israel or Jack Hibbs. But they want to win what they call the media war. The media war. So people will turn against Israel. So it's kind of like, did you notice yesterday that Hamas released two elderly women, 185 and 180? And everybody goes, oh. And Nathalie goes, they shouldn't have taken them in in the first place. They shouldn't have been hostages. They still have their husbands. But it's a media war, church. And, and what happens is everybody looks at it and goes, oh, they, see, they're, not, they're into peace. And it's a media war. And so all of a sudden, what if this media war is blasted, then all of a sudden we're not a powerhouse. And we're, we're protesting, but, but we're, we're going, oh, no, 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 we don't, we, don't, we don't think Israel's doing right. Or let me give you, let me throw this one at you. You ready? The rapture of the church happens before this war, and those left behind will stand against Israel. 
Isn't that a, that's a, that, right? Because right now, the Holy Spirit in us, and, 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 and we're holding back the restrainer, the evil, all of a sudden we hear the trumpet sound, we're gone, we're in heaven, this is amazing, but the people left behind are awful, ugly, and evil. I'm not talking those that are walking on the fence that'll get saved, because I know people, there's a lot of people that are on the fence of Christianity, and when they see this happen for real, they will give their lives to the Lord for real. I get that. But I'm talking about those that are just even fighting harder and harder and harder and harder and harder against Him. Let me give you this, guys. You go, okay, Ben. So I know Lebanon sits here, but also Syria. And if you go to Israel today, you can go atop and you can actually see Syria. They, they, they have it fenced off. And I mean, it's, it's like a war zone. You're up there, but you can actually see Syria from there. And you go, well, what, what happens to Syria? Well, you guys know this. According to Isaiah, prophetically, um, Isaiah 17, you can mark this down. I'll put it up on the screen. Um, this is what, this is what's prophetically offered. And it says, an oracle concerning Damascus. See, Damascus will no longer be a city, but will become a heap of ruins. And you need to see that because this hasn't happened yet. In verse 9, next one, Joseph, in that day their story, their strong cities, which they left because of the Israelites, will be places abandoned to thickets and undergrowth and will all be desolation. Verse 14, in the evening, sudden terror before the morning, they are gone. This is a portion of those who loot us and the lot of those who plunder us. Now, here's what we need to remember. Moving forward, you need to know that as of today, Damascus is about three quarters destroyed. Okay? But it's not completely destroyed. We just bombed their runways to keep Russia from bringing in more help into Iran. And you go, okay. Now, this could be just tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock on the latest um, prophetic uh, the time clock. And the reason is Russia and Iran want to take control of Damascus. Okay? So let me give you very quickly three possible scenarios. During what we would call, and in your Bibles, it's called the Psalm 83 war, and it's led by uh, Israel's military. Israel decides to take out Damascus as a sign to Russia or Iran. Don't get any closer. That's enough. They could do that. So they wipe out Syria... And the cause, it causes Russia and Iran to jump into the war. That could be the Psalm 83 war. Now, let me give you a disclaimer. Amir Safadi and others believe that Psalm 83 war already happened. It was the 1967 war when all, basically all of this happened. So you'll have to research, research it yourself. But some people say, okay, there might be the Psalm 83 war that happens, or that already happened in 1967. Okay. That's one. I'm just giving you scenarios. Let me give you the second scenario. Syria, who knows, who we know, has uh, chemical and biological weapons, launches some kind of chemical and biological attack that kills many there in northern Israel, which then is followed by a nuclear attack from Israel that wipes out Damascus. You go, why? Because remember, when it talks about being a heap of ruins... Um, the implication is that it's wiped out and it could be nuclear that wipes them all out. Mm. The, th- the third possible scenario. 
Israel, fighting on all fronts and facing a Syrian army sweeping through the north, utilizes a limited version of its Samson option to avoid being overrun. This nuclear strike is clearly going to hit Damascus, which is just over the Israeli northern border. It could be that Isaiah 17, 4 through 6, describing a radiation poisoning experienced in the north due to the fallout. And so these are just three possible scenarios. You go, Ben, where do you land? I don't know. I'm just watching to see what's going to happen in Damascus. The results are clear. The Lord says Damascus is going to be flattened. I don't know if we'll see it in our time. Maybe we will. Maybe we're that close. I don't know. But I do know that a heap of ruins means it's inhabitable and nobody will be able to live there. This is the word of God. Okay, back in Ezekiel 38. We're just going to read together, guys. Look at, look at that. It says, Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say to Gog, Thus says the Lord God, On that day when my people dwell in safety, will you not know it? Then you will come from your place out of the far north, you and many peoples with you. Guys, underline that because, again, remember, this is a coalition and he mentions them early in 38, but now he says, many peoples with you, all of them riding on horses, a great company and a mighty army. You will come up against my people Israel like a cloud to cover the land. Now, look at verse 16, guys, in your Bible. This is a great thing to underline. Why? Because a lot of people believe and churches teach that God and Israel, Israel's done, that 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 now the church has replaced Israel. Okay? They say it's, it, it's, it's now, Israel is no more. We, we're now, the, no, 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 no. He says right here, my people Israel. So, so according to Romans 8, 9, and 10, God still deals with Israel. According to the tribulation, the Holy Spirit is going to be taken off the Gentiles and put onto the Jewish people in Israel. And so we are grafted, we are wild branches grafted into spiritual Israel, if you will. But we have not, it's called replacement theology. The church replaced Israel. No, 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 no. We have our place. We're in the church age. But he says right here, my people Israel like a cloud, you guys are going to come and you're going to cover them like a land. Can you imagine how many people that would look like as all this army coalition comes forth? And it will be in the latter days that I bring you against my land so that the nations may know me when I'm hollowed in you, O Gog, before their eyes. Thus says the Lord God, you are he of whom I have spoken in the former days of my servants, the prophets of Israel, who prophesied for years in those days that I would bring you against them. And it will come to pass in that same time when God comes against the land of Israel, says the Lord God, that my fury will show in my face. For in my jealousy and in my fire, my wrath I have spoken. Surely in that day there will be a great earthquake in the land of Israel so that the fish of the sea, the birds of the heavens, the beasts of the fields, all creeping things that creep on the earth, and all the men who are on the face of the earth shall shake in my presence, and the mountains shall be thrown down, the steep places shall fall, every wall shall fall to the ground. I will call for a sword against God throughout my mountains, says the Lord God. Every man's sword will be against his brother, 
and I will bring him into judgment with pestilence and bloodshed. I will rain down on him, on his troops, and on the many peoples who are with them, flooding rain, great hailstones, fire and brimstone. Thus I will magnify myself, sanctify myself, and I will be known in the eyes of many nations, and they shall know that I am the Lord." How do we know this is not the Ezekiel 38? Because God is going to supernaturally intervene and he tells us how he's going to do it. He's going to flood them. He's going to bring great hailstorms. He's going to bring fire and brimstone. God is going to, and he just says, listen, I'm just going to, I'm going to pull them into this war and then I'm going to wipe them out. And there's one reason. So the nations in the world would go, oh, there is God and glorify him and glorify him. How important it is for us to glorify him first. Okay, it goes on in chapter 39, and it says 1 through 8, and he says, And you, son of man, prophesy against Gog and say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I'm against you, O Gog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. For I will turn you around and lead you on, bringing you up from the far north, bringing you up against the mountains of Israel. 38 and 39, he seems to recap what he's doing, and so that's why we're reading it pretty fast. Verse 3, then I will knock the bow, look at that guys, I will knock the bow out of your left hand and cause the arrows to fall out of your right hand. Okay, you shall fall upon the mountains of Israel, you and all your troops and the peoples who are with you, and I will give you the birds of prey and every sort of the beasts of the field to be devoured. Okay, um, over in, and I'm not sure if it's the message, but in Ezekiel 39 two, it says, I will turn and drive you toward the mountains of Israel, bringing you from the distant north, and I will destroy 85% of the army in the mountains. In the Hebrew, it says one-sixth, or 85% will be killed. But go back to verse 3. It says, I will knock the bow out of your left hand, and the arrows will fall out of your right. If you look it up, it's actually bow means launchers. And arrows are missiles. So he's basically saying, I'm going to knock the launchers out of the way, and I'm going to cause your missiles to fall out of your right hand. And I think that's amazing. I want you to think about that. God's going to fight for Israel. Missiles will not get past the launch. Verse 9. Then those who dwell in the cities of Israel will go out, set fire, and burn the weapons, both shields and bucklers, bows and arrows. There it is again, guys, launchers and missiles, the javelins, the spears, and they will make fires for them. For how long? It says seven years. Now, last week we noted, what if part of the tribulation, what if, a, what if in part of the tribulation for the world there is no fuel, there's no burning fuel? Like the rest of the world's going, oh my goodness, this is the tribulation. And yet everybody looks at Israel and says, how, how do you have fuel? How are you able to keep things warm? And yet Israel has fuel for seven years. And would this not show that God is in control? Burning the weapons for seven years causes me to kind of go, okay, where does this fit in rapture-wise? Where does this fit in tribulation-wise? Where does, you know, where does this all fit in? And, and most people, they just, they just, we just don't know. So I have to give you a what if. Like part of the, like, okay, so, so let's just say this. Rapture, we're out of here. Okay, Ezekiel 38 and 39 war, done. Okay, then all of a sudden peace treaty, but yet Israel still has all the weapons to burn. And so they have fuel for seven years once the peace treaty signed. It doesn't say for the tribulation 
So, I mean, it could, they could be burning for five years into the tree. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. But I know, I know that all of the weapons that, that Russia and Iran and the coalition in Israel are going to be, it's just, it's going to be sit there for their field. It's going to be like we get to burn them. Okay? It will make fires for them. Look at verse 10. They will not take wood from the field or cut down any from the forest because they will make fires with the weapons and they will plunder those who plundered them and pillage those who pillaged them, says the Lord God. It will come to pass in that day when I will give God a burial place in, in Israel, the valley of those who pass by east of the sea, and it will obstruct travelers because there will, they will bury Gog and all his multitude. Therefore, they will call it uh, the valley of Haman Gog. Now, here's what I want you to see. Notice it says it it will obstruct travelers. Okay, so basically, because some people believe this could even be nuclear, but more importantly, God doesn't say nuclear. He says I'm going to take care of this, but nonetheless, you won't be able to travel to Israel. And I wonder if it's not just so much people going, hey, we want to visit the Holy Land, like we do now. Or is it going to be those just traveling in the Holy Land? And they're like, no, you can't come this way. Um, there's, it's just, it's a mess here. Don't know. Verse 12. For seven months, the house of Israel will be burying them in order to cleanse the land. Indeed, all the people of the land will be burying in the, the, and will gain renown for its, on that day I'm glorified, says the Lord. They will set men apart regularly employed and help them for a search party pass through the land and bury those bodies remaining on the ground in order to cleanse it. At the end of seven months, they will make a search. The search party will pass through the land. And any, if, when any man sees a bone, he shall set up a marker by it till barriers have buried it in the valley of Haman Gog. The name of the city will also be Hamach. Thus shall they shall cleanse the land. Now, understand verses 15 16 and 17 seem to indicate that this is some sort of nuclear because because they're going to be burying people to cleanse the land they're going to be burying people for seven months and then he says then we're going to employ people to go look and you might find one and you don't bury it you just put a marker there and then have the people come and bury it now um could it be nuclear could 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 russia and iran come in with their own nuclear Bombs and the Lord just take care of that. Could be, could be. But I know this. God supernaturally intervenes and destroys this army in the land of Israel. Then the Jews will be dealing with the aftermath. The army's weapons will be burned. So many, so many weapons, there will be no need to collect firewood. You guys saw that from the forest for seven years. There will also be so many bodies, guys, that they'll be burying them and it'll take seven months. And there'll still be bodies found after that. Now, this is the Ezekiel. I mean, this is just crazy. But, but let, me just, let me just throw something at you real quick. I don't have much time. Um, but let me throw something at you. With, um, rapture. The rapture of the church happens. We're gone. But the people left behind, there's going to be a lot of people who get killed because of empty cars, empty planes, all the stuff that's going to happen. It's going to be mass chaos worldwide. And I just wonder where they're going to put those bodies. And I wonder if they'll be doing the same thing with some, you know, kind of a mass, mass graves. Well, I don't have time to finish, but I do know this, okay? Um, 
That's the war that could be coming. That could be the next birth pain. We see, we see this, and prophetically, we look at the world to see, okay, this is what's going on. There's so much, so much more. I've given you resources. You can listen to Skip Heitzig. He talks to Joel Rosenberg. He talks to Steve. You can listen to Amir. You can listen to Jack Hibbs. Gives you all the information on Israel. My point was just to say, look, okay, let's be ready. Let's be ready. Okay, let's remember that the Lord Jesus is coming. He's on his way. So we have called Dad, and we said, come get us, and he's on his way. And I don't know how long it's going to take. And I'm not here to set a date and say, okay, by this time and this time. Now, here's what I would say to you, church, because I love you so much. Okay, time is short, and so, and so just really love one another. You know, forgive one another, walk with each other, do life together. We won't have that much time. Let's not hold on to a lot of the drama and hold on to the, the, the things that go on. Let's just remember to go, okay, okay, let's be kind to one another. And, and not only to the body of Christ, but to the world. Okay, what people need is to see our kindness. And what people need to see is just how much, how much the Lord has changed us so that we can make a difference. We know this, all this going on. And when you have someone say, I don't know what's going on, what should I do? You can say, hey, you know what? I mean, it could be prophetic, I don't... But you need, just need to be right with the Lord. You need to be right with the Lord. And we tell people, how can we pray for you? How can we walk with you? You doing all right? You doing good? Okay. No? No? Do me a favor. I have, I have like 20 seconds. Do me a favor. Jesus said, people will know you're my disciples by the love you have one for another. And sometimes Christians get stuck in the mud. And we're really quick to tell them how they, how did you get stuck in the mud? What are you doing in the mud? And I'll tell you what we should do. We know Jesus is coming. We know God is on his way. So how about we do this? How about we go sit in the mud with them for just a minute and just... Just love on him. And say, when you're ready to get out, I'll, I'll be here with you. Because that's, that's loving people back to life. How many times have we been in the mud and, and people tell us we're in the mud? Yeah, well, I know we're in the mud. We're deep in the mud. And sometimes I just need a friend to hold my hand in the mud before I'm ready to get out. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you tonight for your word and the truth in your word. And just, Lord, we didn't even get to finish, Lord. We, um, we didn't even get to do question and answers. We didn't even realize, Lord, that, that all the birds, Lord, are going to fly across Israel in the fall and, and just eat the flesh of the people, Lord. You're, you're so good. And here's the purpose, Lord, to bring glory to you. Lord, this prophecy is not to cause fear because fear never brings about love. This teaching is to amplify verse 21, to bring glory to the name of our God forever and ever. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. 
You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.